Voyage. In 1976, a man in Florida tells a cop he has a confession to make. Arriving in Miami, I proceeded to do certain things that I considered to be necessary in the crime that I planned to commit. I had nearly been one of his victims myself. My connection to him would totally change my life. From Orbit Media and Sony Music Entertainment, my friend, the serial killer, is coming June 1st. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts to binge all episodes or listen weekly wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Nat Mundell, the founder of Voyage, and I'm so pleased to introduce you guys to Adam Baldwin, who stars in our 365 Days with the Wolfhounds episode, an episode of our season two of True War Stories Mission Report. Um, Adam has had an incredible and longstanding career in numerous movies and shows, including Firefly, Chuck, The Last Ship and also the film Serenity and Independence Day, and of course, Full Metal Jacket. Adam, thanks a ton for joining us today and also for being a part of this episode. Oh, I'm happy to be here. I was really touched by this uh, this piece by Mr. Quintrell, and uh, I'm happy to uh, participate. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah, we take... Uh, we, we have a lot of reverence for this show, and uh, and its purpose is really to to make sure those voices are heard. So I'm glad it touched you. Is this your first scripted podcast or have you done a few? Um, I think this would be my first. I've done some other scripted uh, audio books mm-hmm. and um, other various and sundries, but this is the first one that's been sort of on an on-camera Zoom basis. Oh, okay. Yeah, got it. Well, thanks. And and we're so glad that you accepted the role. Um, you've played so many military characters in your vo- uh, in your history. Um, and I understand if I'm correct, your father and grandfather served. Is that right? Uh, my father served. Um, he was in the Naval Air Corps at the tail end of World War II, but mm-hmm. uh, he was training to be a pilot for the final run uh, over the mainland, but they dropped the bomb and ended the war. So he didn't really get to see active duty. Um, but he served his two years and, um, my, my grandfather served in the army in world war one. Yeah. In the European theater. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Wow. And, and sort of that first major role is in first full metal jacket was, was you know, sort of military story, something you sought out from the beginning or did it just fall into your lap that way? It was just more that my father was, uh, he was a writer and he, he, um, he told stories. He liked to take us to movies. He liked to call them shoot 'em ups. He was a, he was an action adventure guy from, mm-hmm. from his, his young, his young days. Uh, I have pictures of him. Uh, maybe I'll post them online, but there are pictures of him on a, uh, 650 BSA motorcycle, or maybe it's a 500 BSA motorcycle somewhere in the hinterlands of, uh, the middle East, with his saddlebags and dirty t-shirt and he's covered in dust and he had his Browning nine millimeter uh, stowed away in his saddlebags. I asked him about that and said, could you carry that across the borders back then? He said, Oh no, no, he would have been in big trouble, but he said, I wasn't going to go anywhere without that thing. So I, 
I, he, he passed, passed away about three years ago. And uh, that was one of the few things that uh, mm. I requested of him. He said, well, cause he knew he was going and he said, well, what would you like? I said, dad, I don't really want anything from you, but maybe that, maybe that pistol. Yeah. Wow. What a, so, what a treasure. He said, it's, he said, it's all yours, son. <laughs> so I had to, I had to do the whole rigmarole of uh, FFL transfer into California yeah. and all that stuff, I but know. I've taken it out and shot it, shot it. It's, it's, it's in fine working condition. Incredible. What a, what a, what a, what a wonderful relic and also just a piece of, of your father to have. That's incredible. Um, yeah. You know, th- uh, that's an honor. Um, and thanks for sharing that with us. So, you know, this story is about a group of guys that, you know, obviously persevered on the battlefield, but also off the battlefield. And, you know, we, we've heard so many stories like this in our True War Stories um, series where, you know, these bonds in, in war become so strong. And, you know, what do you think is underneath that? Or maybe even, you know, what are some of the things that your dad or, or grandfather told you about their bonds? Like what, what, how do those bonds get forged so strongly? Well, uh, desperation ca- causes you to be uh, reliant on friends and loved ones and uh, your foxhole mates. And this is what, this is what obviously war forges and you have to trust your, your fellow soldiers to get the job done and and you're responsible for their lives and they're responsible for yours it's a uh, probably the greatest team effort that that exists um you know your your paraclete so to speak <laughs> you know there's a oh gosh when i auditioned for full metal jacket uh stanley kubrick requested that we send in videotapes you know the old vhs tapes and my buddy and i we did a scene from a play called back to back which was about two army guys sitting in a foxhole back to back basically as as paracletes and uh mm. that that uh that is universally true um so i think also the innocence of youth young men uh need to go and fight because they're the ones that are fit and strong and uh swift of foot and uh they're basically still kids but thrust into devastation and they have to survive and many of them do not Hopefully, uh, hopefully we're still the best at it, you know, America and uh, all that. But I think another thing about this piece is it really demonstrates the innocence of a young man in battle having to survive and control their emotions, control their aim, and uh, yet block out if they can what they're having to do. Right. Uh, and there are obviously forces above them telling them what to do, ordering them into battle. And sure. that's a whole separate political story. Yeah. Uh, there's a great book. There's a great book by uh, Mark Moyer called Triumph Forsaken. Hmm. Uh, it's the first first half of the Vietnam engagement. It starts with our advisors stepping in there under Eisenhower and mm-hmm. how they had they had Ho Chi Minh trapped at Dien Bien Phu and they could have wiped him out, but they chose to let him escape over the border into China the war didn't need to go on as long as it did. And then, and then you get into that whole in military industrial complex and the corruption. And I think it touches on this uh, from the soldier's perspective. And I think that's a wonderful thing, questioning uh, why you're there, although not questioning your mission. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's your day to day, your day to day mission, you know, the broader scheme of things. We're still going to think about that as we should, you know, we live in a constitutional Republic yeah, uh, and we, the citizens have a, have a chance to question that. However, 
when you're on the ground, you got to go kill the enemy. Yeah. And those complexities of, of your mission coupled together with your knowledge and awareness of, of, you know, sort of the, the superpowers that are leading to those missions, right. Those choices, decisions, politics, et cetera, like those, com- those complexities are forever. They, they're in every um, uh, sort of conflict and war, but are, you know, obviously we get more information today um, than we used to. It's more readily mm-hmm. available. So anyway, that book sounds really interesting. Well, clearly this is a space in which you're steeped and studied and experienced through family. How do you keep your your characters fresh in this space? You you know, you've you've done a lot of military stuff. And and what are some of the things you draw on for your performances? Well, I come from the acting school. And, mm-hmm. and again, I I I didn't serve. I came of age in 1980. We were in relative peacetime. There was really no place for me to go. And I got a job into the, uh, I got a job called my bodyguard when I was 17. And I just sort of, that was my path. Mm. Uh, I, I, I have a bit of, uh, I guess you'd call it survivor's guilt or, um, you know, I lament the fact that I didn't serve because I've met so many wonderful people that, that have and continue to, and I am, uh, I'm humbled in their presence. So I try to I try to learn from them and leadership. It always comes back to courage and leadership, and I try to embody that whenever I play the those roles. And and in my uh, teaching, as far as acting goes, representing characters is is always a positive. You want to play the positive aspects of it. You want to get people to do th- do things, smile, laugh, react to you in a positive way. And uh, the old the old great actor james mason he said he never played a villain i never played a villain which of course he did but he didn't play it as a villain right i played i played good guys and bad guys but i guess alan rickman and die hard would be the perfect example a more recent example of how uh you're supposed to play a villain you play it as if you're the hero yeah you're the hero of your own story always right yeah yeah, you have your perspective so I, i try to give my characters that ethos and especially in the military, you know, you have to be a leader and you have to have courage and uh, roll with, roll with some punches as well. Amazing. Um, Well, tell us what's up next for you. I'm sure your fans would love to know what, what's coming down the pike. Uh I recently completed a movie called the battle of Bushy run, which is a historical reenactment, if you will, of the the pre revolutionary war battle uh, Mm -hmm. sort of in the middle of the uh, French and Indian conflicts and uh it's uh, it's a it's a romance it's uh uh it's a war story amazing well thanks for sharing and and uh can't wait when is that anticipated to release or and where where will it release do you know i think they just had their premiere mm. two weeks ago so it should be out and and again that's above my pay grade i'm i'm nearing uh nearing the point where i don't even want to uh pursue this anymore i have other interests now i'm a grandfather myself and uh i'm kind of semi-retired if you will but i love projects like this that come my way uh so i i I can't thank you enough for including me well we so much appreciate you uh not just um coming out of semi-retirement for the role but also (laughs) you know sharing some of your thoughts and perspectives i know our listeners will value that um so thank you for joining me adam greatly appreciate it my pleasure god bless So listeners, you can find season two of True War Stories Mission Report on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. I want to thank our star, Adam Baldwin, for Voyage. This is Nat Mundell signing off.